Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and make it be for us the word of life that we might be people of life. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O God, our Redeemer. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So in my four, almost four years here, there has been a, um, well, there has been a mystery since I have been here. And the mystery started, at least in my mind, the mystery started when Bill Mullins told me a story. And uh, Brother Bill was uh, incredible at telling stories, and he loved the history of First Church. And so uh, I love history as well. So Bill, obviously Bill and I became very quick friends, and I loved, I loved to hear Bill's stories about our church. And one of the stories that intrigued me so much uh, was about a painting here at First Church. It was, it was astounding to me as I, as I heard this story. Um, Bill said, now, now you know we had, a, we had a painting stolen here at First Church, don't you? And I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, oh yeah. He said, it, we, there, was a, there was a painting that was, that was hanging out in the hallway and, and uh, somebody came along and, they, and they, cut the, they cut the painting out. I said, well, wh- I mean, what was that all about? He said, I don't know. He said, We're, we never, they never, they, ne- they investigated it a, li- a bit. He said, we, we, and I can go ahead and tell you this because it was um, right at 40 years ago when this occurred. Um, and so I can tell you some of the details. More than likely, the person who did it, I mean, may even be long, long gone. Uh, and, and so uh, Bill said, I, he said, we always suspected that it may have been a member of the staff that was um, frustrated with the church. And they didn't know particularly what they were doing, and they didn't know the value of this painting. And I said, well, what did the painting look like? And he said, I, I don't really remember. He said, I remember that it, that it was out in the narthex. And again, this is out in Harris Hall. And if you've been in Harris Hall now, it looks very, very different than it did in 1982, around 1982 or so. On the south side of Harris Hall, where the steps are, that was the entrance to the church. And there was, a, there was a, a hallway. So you came up the steps of the church and you came into a hallway. And at the center of that hallway, right in front of you, was this, was this painting. And so I, said, I asked Bill, so, wh- so what, happened? what happened after that? He said, well, he said, we never, obviously, we never caught the person who, um, who stole that painting. But he said, you know, he said, I'm not sure that... Um, he said, we investigated as much as we could, but we figured if they, if they needed it more than we did, well, then I guess that's what they needed. <laughs> it was an astounding statement to me. So I began to probe even more. <laughs> so, I mean, what was the value of the painting? He said, well, I don't really remember. He said, but I do, re- I said, I do recall that uh, we received insurance money because we had insurance on this painting. And uh, we were able to buy the console for the organ from the proceeds of that insurance. Meaning, meaning the proceeds of that insurance check went to purchase uh, the console that, that Sharon plays now. And so I've, I've gone back and looked um, and, I mean, figured that that was a $100,000 painting or so. 
I began to ask Bill then, so where, do, you, do you know what's happened to the painting? He said, I have no idea. He said, I don't, I don't know anything about it. Well, being the kind of pastor that I am, I began to rummage through the church and actually, actually found <laughs> the old painting. You can see here, if you look at it closely, you can see that you can see where someone has cut out this painting. And if you look right over here, there's a, there's a remnant of the painting. And so then, obviously, obviously, again, the, the way that my mind, the way that my mind works, I started, I started researching, I started researching this just a little bit. And on the bottom of this painting, there is a plaque, and it mentions uh, the title of the painting, which is Christ in the Garden. Uh, the painter's name was Andrea Michieli. The date of the painter was 1539 to the year 1614. This was a 16th century painting that First Church had. It was given by Florence Wilson and her family. Florence Wilson was a very prominent member of Oklahoma City and of this great church. If I'm not mistaken, and if Bill were here, he would likely correct me if I get this wrong. I believe that it was Florence Wilson's family that donated the land where the state capital of Oklahoma is located on. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that they also gave the land that Oklahoma City University is also located on. They were an incredibly prominent family. And then, yet again, I couldn't leave well enough alone, and so actually found a picture of the painting. A beautiful painting, Christ in the Garden. I tell all of that long story, partly because I've been wanting to tell it for almost four years. I've been, hardly been able to hold it in for the last four years. Many of you have, have heard parts of that story, but likely have not connected it to this frame that we have up in the attic. I tell you that story today because Bill, his words continue to, to ring in my mind. If they needed, if they needed that kind of money, very likely he said they didn't even know what they had, but if they needed it and they were able to pay for whatever they needed to pay, well, so be it. It was astounding and absolutely, is absolutely astounding to me. The words of this beatitude came back to me as Bill first told me that story. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This beatitude tends to, to ring true. Merciful people seem to receive mercy in return. Again, this beatitude seems to be straightforward. It seems to go that the more merciful we are, the more, the more that we extend mercy, the more others will extend mercy to us. Now, I'll tell you, that's not particularly the case in today's cancel culture. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, there are some things that need to be canceled in our culture. Racism needs to be canceled. Racists need to be called out and held to account. Those who inflict violence on others need to be called out and held to account. Actions need to be canceled. However, people generally shouldn't be canceled. And that's where our culture has taken 
to the extreme. Mercy is being extended in today's culture, but very, very differently than what we see in the biblical sense of that word. Mercy is being extended to only those who believe just like us, who act just like us, who look just like us. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who are merciful to to people who believe just like you, or who look just like you, or who act just like you. No. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. People who are who, who at their very being are merciful, people who extend mercy time and time and time again. Today we're continuing our series on these Beatitudes. These Beatitudes are not necessarily ethical commands that Jesus, Jesus does not say to his disciples, be merciful. No, this is just simply a statement of fact. The, the merciful are blessed. It's a statement of fact. Blessed are the merciful. Those who, those who practice mercy in God's kingdom, they are blessed. They are, they are not cursed. They are not seen as weak. They are not seen as people who, uh, who, who are allowing others to, to roll over them. No, they are blessed. Blessed are the merciful. There, there are two thoughts here as we began to think about this beatitude, as we began to think about mercy, there are two thoughts that I want us to pause and consider for just a moment. First, first, as I've said earlier, these beatitudes seem to be arranged in some sort of order. They seem to be arranged in some sort of, of order. This is certainly the case with this beatitude. In the beatitudes, in the beatitudes, mercy follows righteousness, as it very well must. Mercy follows righteousness. Mercy and righteousness belong together because righteousness without mercy slides dangerously into revenge, but mercy, but mercy without righteousness tumbles into denial and enabling. We must have both sides of that. We must have God's call of righteousness and right living, but at the same time, we also must be experiencing and extending mercy. Again, righteousness without mercy means that we're all going to be condemned, for we are, none of us can be as righteous as we ought to be. But instead... Mercy without righteousness, if we, all we do is just keep handing out mercy after mercy after mercy, well, then people will just walk all over us. Righteousness and mercy must, must be held together. The second thought that I want us to think about very briefly is that grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. Grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. Grace, it, it, check that, I think I, well, yes, I, I thought I had, sorry about that, I thought I had another slide uh, that mentioned this. Listen to this, grace is getting what we don't deserve, but mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Did you get that? Grace is getting what we don't deserve. 
I'll break it to you, sisters and brothers. We do not deserve God's love. It's as simple as that. We do not deserve God's forgiveness. For we have strayed too far. We have been too rebellious to ever, to ever earn God's love. He offers us his love, even though we don't deserve it. But the same, the the opposite is true. We deserve condemnation. We deserve damnation. But instead, God offers us forgiveness. It's mercy. Absolute mercy. Jesus tells a couple of parables that could be seen as illustrations of this beatitude. The parable of the vineyard owner is obviously the one that, that, that immediately pops into my mind. A vineyard owner goes out at the beginning of the day and he is looking for someone to come and, and, and work in his vineyard. And he sees some day laborers there standing on the street corner and he, and he asks them, would you come and work for me? I will, give you a, I will give you a day's wage to come and work for me. And so they said, Absolutely. They'd been, they'd, more than likely, they'd been waiting there day after day. And if they were the ones that were waiting early in the morning, they were the ones that either were, were the most desperate for work or they were the hardest workers. And so the vineyard owner said, come with me. And he took them to his vineyard and he put them to work. And, he, and the vineyard owner went back about mid-morning and he found some other day laborers. And he said, I need someone to come and work in my vineyard. And they said, absolutely. He said, I'll pay you whatever is fair. And so they came with him and, and he put them to work. He went at lunch hour. He went back at three o'clock. He went back at five o'clock with one, just one hour left in the day. And he hired he hired some others, that, and he said, come work in my vineyard. I will pay you whatever is fair. And so, just an hour later, the, the horn blows, and the, day, the work day is over. And so he starts, the vineyard owner starts with those who had been hired last, those who had worked one hour. They came before the vineyard owner, and he paid them a full day's wage. They'd been working for one hour, only one hour, and he paid them a full day's wage. He went to those that were hired in mid-afternoon at three o'clock, and he gave them a full day's wage. The same with those who were hired at noon, the same with those who were hired at mid-morning. And then finally, he got to those who who he had picked up at six o'clock that morning. And you know what he gave them? A full day's wage. And they were angry. Oh, they were appalled. How is it? How is it, they said, we have been working and toiling all day long. We have worked so much harder than those who have only been here an hour. How could you only give us a day's wage? His response, the vineyard's owners, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? Mercy. Mercy is well and good. Until we think others receive more of it than we. 
Mercy is well and good until we believe others have received more mercy and grace than we have received. Sometimes we can experience an underlying sense of resentment toward God because we feel God has been unfair in giving out rewards. We too have toiled in the heat of the day. We too have labored long and hard. We deserve more. This parable tells us that we are absolutely wrong. God's God's righteousness, righteousness is not about getting what we deserve. It is not about working longer or receiving more. No, righteousness is about mercy rooted in true love of God and other people genuinely wanting God's will to be done and placing ourselves at God's disposal to make it happen. Let me say that again. Righteousness is about mercy, rooted in true love of God and other people. It's about genuinely wanting God's will to be done, placing ourselves at God's disposal to make it happen Mercy is not about us getting more. Mercy is about being in service to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the complex thing about mercy is that it is absolutely messy. It's not always clear-cut how to extend mercy. If, if, we are, if we are going to be people who are merciful, that means we extend mercy to others, but it's not clear cut. It's one of the reasons I believe that this, this beatitude is so challenging. It seems incredibly simple, as we looked at briefly. The merciful receive mercy. It seems very clear cut, and it is. But it's complex because to extend mercy in doing so, it means that we must discern by the power of the Holy Spirit what is the most merciful thing to do. For example, serving on a jury. If we are merciful to the defendant, are we doing so at the expense of the injured party? Or if one of our students is doing poor work, are we merciful when we let that student believe that they are doing better work than what they really are? Are we setting that student up for bigger failure down the line? When a child needs discipline, is it merciful to withhold discipline or might it be more merciful to enforce discipline? You see, mercy must be intelligent. Mercy must be discerned if we truly have the other person's welfare in mind. I'll tell you, this is one of the things I believe that has divided our church. I believe it's divided Western Christianity. Part of it is this understanding of mercy. Some believe that we must do everything that we can to always extend mercy, no matter how no, no matter what, or at least if you believe just like they do, that you should extend mercy, extend it, extend it, extend it, extend it. Meaning that there are no, there, there, there are, there are no demands of the gospel. One of the great thinkers of Christianity called that cheap grace. <laughs> but then there are others 
There are others who are not quite so high on mercy. They much would rather emphasize righteousness. We are called to be righteous and holy, seldom extending mercy. Again, it's just so very messy and so very difficult to discern when, when, and what is the most merciful thing to do when we are thinking about, truly thinking about the welfare of the other person. But here's where it comes down to. There are opportunities all around us each and every day to extend mercy. Opportunities all around us, whether it's in our family, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's at the work, or whether it is driving down the street and we see someone in significant need. Dear friends, every time we find someone in need, that is an opportunity for us to discern what is the most merciful thing for us to do. There are times when the most merciful thing for us to do is for us to roll down our window and to hand out cash. There are times. There are other times that the most merciful thing that we can do is to talk with them about the Lord Jesus. The most merciful thing that we can do is to tell them about shelters here in town, people who are experts at caring for those in mental health crisis or those who, who are currently experiencing street homelessness or, or other issues in their lives. Again, one of the reasons that mercy is so difficult to extend is that it is so complex and so, mercy, and so messy. But here's simply where I have Here's simply where I have, uh, I've landed. If, if, if I come to a situation and I wonder, and I really wonder if it's best to extend mercy to someone who has deeply, deeply wronged me, or if I'm called to call, called to call someone to account and to make them pay for what they have done, if, 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 if I still don't know what the answer is, I would always, always, always much rather err on the side of mercy. Because you see, we have received mercy from the Lord Jesus. We have not received what we should have received. Instead of condemnation and damnation, He has offered us salvation. We're called to extend that same kind of mercy to others. Would you bow with me? God, we thank you for extending mercy to us. For disciples of Jesus Christ, responding to those in need of mercy should be easy for us. For Lord, we have received mercy from you. We have received mercy when we deserved damnation. We've received love when, when we deserved animosity. We have received life when we deserved death. Mercy is at the very heart of our relationship with you, O oh Lord. And mercy must be at the very heart of our relationships with others. 
Oh, Lord, bless us. Bless us to be people of mercy. Extending forgiveness. Extending love where it's not deserved. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.